The triennial reading brings us to one of the more um, obscure, mysterious, and odd set of verses in the entire Torah. I'm not sure if it's in the Eitz Chaim. It is. If you look carefully at the Eitz Chaim, everybody, right before verse 35 on page 826, a lot of numbers there, 826 is the page, the verse is 35. If you look immediately above it, you'll see an odd thing, an inverted nun. Now, some of you not actually know what a nun looks like, so let alone an inverted nun. And no, it's not a new fad, the inverted nun, right? It's not the new yoga posture. These, in, in fact, if you look, you'll see one above verse 35 and then after verse 36. These inverted nuns, these nunim, are simanim. They are signposts. There are many such things in the Torah, none like this, but many like this, meaning either diacritical marks, some kind of marks that are telling the reader something. Of course, many are familiar with the dots above letters, by, particularly by, by Yaakov and Esau when they give a kiss to each other. And in other places, there are dots. These simanim uh, are are probably, from a critical perspective, using scholarship, they are alerting us that there might be a scribal error, there might be some piece of the text that has been edited and brought into a place where it doesn't belong. In fact, that is the interpretation that the Talmud gives us um, as to why these two verses appear here. If you look thematically, these two verses are what we just sang as we opened the ark. Vahib bin Soha Aaron, Vayomer Moshe, and then when we put the Torah away, uh, although it's not in our Sidur, it's in, um, in all other Sidurim, the verses mean, and it was when they lifted up, it was when they traveled with the Aron, the Ark, Moses would say, Vayomer Moshe, Moshe said, Kuma Adonai, arise, Yudhe Vavhe, arise, Yahweh, arise, right? God. Vyafutsu, and then it's an odd grammatical moment here. It doesn't say, and then, and then let your enemies disperse. It says, and then your enemies will disperse. Vyafutsu oivecha. Me'elav, as if by themselves. Vyanusu misanecha mipanecha, and your enemies, those who hate you, will run from your face. And when they would place down the ark, he would say, Return God, the myriads, the thousands of Israel, the tens of thousands of Israel. So, of course, for Hasidic masters, for, first of all, for Chazal, for the rabbis of, of, the, of the rabbinic period, the Talmud and so on, something as obvious as these inverted nuns, these weird nuns, um, is rife. It is full of the possibility. It, it's, it's Omer Darsheni. It says, expound upon me. What do you mean, you two nuns, right? And, and so there are two ways, there are two insights. There are two places to go here. There's a way to, to look at the nuns and to glean something from the inverted nuns. That's one. And two, what are the meaning of these two verses? And why are these two verses so important? How important are they? The Talmud says that the nuns that frame these two verses are so important 
that they actually establish a safer Torah. I don't know how many, or, or, or a book, not a safer Torah, it's a book of the five books of Moses. In other words, according to one manda amra, one opinion in the Talmud, these two verses are a safer bifnei atzmo. They're one safer, one book unto itself, which means how many books are there in the five books of Moses? Seven, right? Because in the book of Numbers, there are now three books. There's what came before the nun, the first nun, that's one book. There's what's between the two nuns, it's the second book. And then what comes after is the third book. How many people have heard that before? I grew up Orthodox, never heard that. Seven books. I mean, did they really mean that? Right? Did they really mean that? Okay. So we have to look into both of these pieces. We have to look into the piece of the two nuns and what does it mean that it's a sefer Torah bifne atzma, that it is, it's a sefer bifne atzma, it's, it's its own book in the, in the books of, of Moses. So let's begin with the second question. And I was learning last night with uh, my colleague uh, Lizzie, who was in from Chicago. We were learning a Torah from the, the Slonim Rebbe. And the Slonim Rebbe says something that then I found, by the way, in the Sfas Emes, in the Kushnitzer Magid, I found it in the, in, in the Tolos. I found it in a lot of different Hasidic Sfarim. Say it like this that these two verses are all you need. Like, all you need. Of course, it begs the question, what about the other six books? But they say, essentially, all of the entire Torah is compressed into these two. It's like a zip file, right? It's a zip file of the entire Torah. All of the nutrients that you need from the Torah are found in these two verses. How so, says Islam says like this, Vahib and saw Aaron. And it will be when the ark travels. The ark is you and me, each and every one of us. Each and every one of us, he says, goes through difficulties in our lives. Nisio, no, trials, tribulations. Each and every one of us in life's dynamism, in its movement, is trying our best to act skillfully. We're trying our best to do no harm the best we can do. And especially when we're in our difficult places, the Slanomer says, you have, it's very difficult to access your strength. When you're in the middle of a place that's really powerfully triggering, you could have done 25 years of therapy, primal therapy, screaming therapy, rolfing therapy, psychoanalytic therapy, Jungian therapy, Rubenfeld synergy therapy, Reiki therapy, Shiatsu therapy, acupuncture, acupressure. You've done all of it. You've done past life regression and, and next life regre- progression. You've done dance therapy. You've primarily screamed and you've primarily unscreamed. You've done all of it. And says the Slonimer that in that moment when you are in front of your Nisayon, your unique Nisayon, your unique trial, you have a histalkos hamochin. You can't find those things. That you, are, it's hard to find resources. Is it, you're like grabbing for your resources and you have no resources. So in that moment he says, the part of you that is Moshe has to scream out to God and say, God, give me strength. Kuma Adonai. Kuma Adonai. Arise. That part of me that is beyond all of the work, the part of me that is deeply rooted in compassion. Then that's the way to work with those things that assail you, your enemies. When you've passed your trial and now you're in rest, you say, okay, now I can devote myself doing the good things in the world. 
that the whole world, he says, and in this he says, that all of the binaries in the Torah, the mitzvot say the positive and the negative, the zachor v'shamor of Shabbat, the keep but refrain, all of those things in life that are about holding back and going forward, holding back and going forward, all of them are hinted to in these two little verses that make up their own sefer. That our life's work is to skillfully know when to hold them and walk away and know when, right, to, when you're in rest, to be able to play them, to be able to be there with them. That's it. That's the whole Torah of, you know, of the Sefer Bifniatzmo. Sur meira v'asetov. And it reminded me when I was reading this of the yearning of the Talmud to find core essential principles on which to found the entire Torah. The Talmud has a conversation about what is the Torah founded on? And he finally comes to a place where it says, Bachabakuk vehemidan al achas. And there was a prophet named Chabakuk. He came and he said, The Torah is one, one principle. Sadiq be'emunato yichya. The righteous one lives by faith. So we could say, We live by two principles, according to this midrash about this morning's reading. Two verses you should have in your pockets. One is when you're in a trial, when you're in a place of deep challenge, when you have no resources. At that moment, turn to the place inside that is called Yah, that is called compassion, and say, pray for me that I have access to my resources. That's itself a resource. It's kind of ironic. That's a resource. Ground yourself in the timeless. And then when the trial has ended, or when you are in a place of manucha, don't waste that time. Don't waste that energy, because some of us only show up in the bad times. We only know how to work when we're challenged. But the real work is when, right, to not waste the expansion, the expansion that comes when you actually have space. Some people say to me, um, one person in particular, but others do, but this one person says to me all the time, you have to make sure that your message isn't always feel good, David. I said, why? Do you, do you need me to say something mean? Do you need me to say something challenging? Do you need me? She's like, I only grow when somebody points out all the things that are missing in me. I said, well, why don't we look at that? What would it be like to grow when you actually have minucha? Uvenucho yomar shuva adonai. When you have minucha, when you're in a place of expansion, use that quality, use what you gained in order to show up. I want to go back to the first question about the two nuns. Because, and by the way, think about this. And if anybody has their own Torah on it, I'd love to hear. But here's what I was thinking about. The nun in Kabbalah is always freedom. Nun represents, because of its numeric value, uh, the 50, it, it's numerically 50. The nun represents Bina, or the world of freedom. The world, it's called Alma de Jerusa in the Zohar. It's the world of freedom. The 50th year in the Jubilee year was the year when they set free all of their slaves. And all the, the land went back to its original owner. 50 represents Radical freedom. And it just strikes me so beautifully that there are upside-down freedom marks before they traveled with the ark and then another upside-down freedom mark when they settled down. As if to say to us, freedom before, freedom after. And it won't look like what you think. It'll be hafuch. It'll be the opposite of your expectation. That if you begin a journey... Knowing where you're going to go, let it go. By he even saw our own, you have no idea. 
Give up your own idea of what freedom will look like. And when you arrive, give up your own idea of what freedom will taste like afterwards when you arrive. Give up both ends of that. Begin your journey open, like the nun, and inverted, completely on your head. You have no idea. You have no idea what it will what'll be that will, that will set you free. My, my favorite poet that I mentioned last night, Mark Nepo, um, he describes... Um, Almost all of his poetry, all of his prose comes from these unexpected moments where he didn't expect to meet Torah, and he met it. And one of them that was so beautiful was he walked into a... He was describing how he walked into a, He walked into a restaurant. In the back of the restaurant, there was a waterfall, and there was an older woman who was playing the cello. And he couldn't believe. And he walked to the back, and he sat there. And as he, uh, and as he sat and listened to her and watched the bow being pulled against the, two stri- the strings in the cello, he got a deep Torah. He said, my heart, he said, my heart are, is, are those two strings, in a sense. Those two strings that are being brought together, being played, and, and being um, thinned, producing music. He said, ah, my mind is the bow, and my heart are the strings. And my mind is is playing my heart until it produces music. And that, he said, was his Torah that he learned when he walked into a restaurant to buy Chinese food. <laughs> and I thought to myself, wow, Rav Nachman says, that when you're on the way, if you're looking carefully, you can see simanim, you can see signs that are intended for you to open you, to teach you. And so that's the bracha that I wanted to open up this morning for the first Aliyah. It is... To be, to be able to hold in both of those pockets as we move through life, those two essential principles of, of being able to access in, our, in wanting to be skillful, being able to hold back and say, God help me when I don't have my mochin, when I don't have access to my resources, but also that in, uh, in deep contemplation and in place of expansion that I can also do that work. And then the second bracha is to be able to let go of our ideas of what the journey will look like and what freedom will feel like when it's done. That in both of those, in the oscillation between uh, you know, departing and arriving, departing and arriving, we leave open the nun hafucha, the freedom that is upside down on both sides of that. So if either one of those kavanot speaks to you, then this is your first aliyah. Please come forward for the first aliyah.